Ante Up is your poker magazine dedicated to the everyday player and their poker rooms. Pick up a free copy at your favorite poker room nationwide each month. But Ante Up is much more than a magazine. Visit AnteUpMagazine.com daily for breaking news and each week download our award-winning poker cast. Join us on our action-packed poker cruises to exotic destinations. Ante Up, it's your poker magazine. From the Anti-Up headquarters in Tampa Bay, Florida, it's the Anti-Up PokerCast. And now, here are two guys who think they know how to play poker, Chris Casenza and Scott Long. It's December 16th, 2016. You're listening to the best poker cast on the planet. I'm a very sick Chris Casenza. And I'm a healthy as a horse. I'm going to start drinking. <laughs> you should. I'm tired of you always being healthy and me always being sick. You never hear of anybody drinking themselves to death. You hear people not drinking themselves to death. That's the same, right? <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to start this this holiday season. I'm doing fireballs and, and anything else that comes my way. I am tired of it. You know, we got off the ship on our last cruise in November, and I got sick, and I thought, oh, here we go. It's going to get in my lungs. I'm going to have a 100-day cough, just like I always do every year. And I beat it in like three and a half days. And I was like, oh, awesome. I'm getting stronger. And then like two weeks later, here I am with it again. And now it's really nasty. And I'm tired of being sick. Yeah, well, you know, as I said, you better start hitting that bottle. I bet. Might as well. I'm doing everything else healthy in my life and I stay sick. Why not just drink? It is the season. It is the season. I want some spiked eggnog. Damn it. We got a newsy show. Yeah, well, you know, if you're drinking that eggnog, don't be drinking it driving through Iowa. All right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> those cops have it out for you already, right? Unbelievable. So folks might remember we had uh, this on the show back when it happened, but these two poker players, uh, circuit grinders, were just driving through Iowa, apparently minding their own business. Uh, with $100,000 in the car and some marijuana. <laughs> and uh, these uh, law enforcement folks uh, pull them over for not signaling and seize the $100,000, Chris. Just take it. Just, hey, I'll just grab that. Yeah. And now, uh, as of this week, that unit has been disbanded, Chris. Good. And, Justice. Uh, and the money's got, uh, players got their money back, plus an extra 60000 for their trouble. See, Trump is already making a difference. <laughs> so here's the new power play for poker players, I think. Uh, get $100,000. Uh-huh. Pretty easy to do, right? Jump change. Uh, drive through Iowa, uh, get pulled over, and turn it into 160000 Man, that's Minus, better. Uh, that's better than a CD. <laughs> Man, that's a pretty good uh, return on your money. Well, I, I love this story because... Um, we had a poker news. It's all over the news, so there are all kinds of places you can read about this, but uh, the one I picked for the show is this poker news daily. Um, they kept talking about how the police kept hoping the poker players would just go away. <laughs> they kept filing complaints, and then they gave them a little bit, and gave them a little bit, gave them a little bit, and they would not go away. And they finally sued, and then they decided, hey, you know what? Because it turns out, based off the dashboard camera, 
the dashboard camera clearly shows that the car is signaled. Wow. So they did get pulled over for not what they were supposed to get pulled over for. And so really, I mean, these get, the cops had really nothing to, <laughs> nothing they could hang their hat on anymore, right? So, right. And I think they just kind of hoped that people would quietly go away or, here, take this and don't make a big deal of it. And these poker players made a big deal of it, and now it's a bigger deal. Sorry, I was just uh, hacking up along with the button and mute pushed, so I'm sure that disappoints a lot of our fans. I'm sure they wanted to hear that. Although I'm sure most of them want me to have the mute button on most of the time during the show. So, But, yeah, that's unbelievable. I, you know, sometimes, you know, those dash cams, they, uh, they can reveal a lot of... Uh, I wonder if the, the, the police just forget they have the damn things. Yeah, it could be. Or, or they just assume it's never going to get to the point where they actually need to yeah. look at them. Yeah. That's a great savings plan. Hundred grand yeah. drive through Iowa get sixty grand more. That's what I'm saying. I've never made sixty thousand dollars playing poker. So here here is an easy way for us all to do it. Now it takes a while, obviously, and uh, you know, it helps if you have marijuana in your car or some kind of trigger. But you, you know what's really funny, Scott? What's really funny is I have no clue how to get marijuana. <laughs> Seriously. I mean I have no idea how I would go about doing it. Other than maybe find someone else who does it and then ask that person where they get it. But even then, I'm kind of scared. But, like, and I guess i got medical marijuana here in Florida. Now, if I keep hacking up a lung, maybe they'll give me some. But other than that, I mean, I have no idea. There you go. You're just going to have to wait until it's it's uh, implemented here, and then you go get your doctor's prescription. Then you don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to worry about it. Just get it. Don't have to worry about the Iowa cops or anything. <clears throat> You're just good to go. All right. And then somehow I'll get sixty grand. Out of that. I don't know how, but I'm going to do it. Seems to work, right? Cool story. All right, well, not a cool story is the attorneys general for 10 states, including, oddly, Nevada, where, um, let me think about this, yes, online gaming is already legal, have signed a letter urging President-elect Trump to support the restoration of America's Wire Act, which would ban online gaming in the United States. Is there a silver lining anywhere in this? Uh, there is. Uh, there are 50 states, so only attorneys general for 10 of them. So one-fifth are are pushing this. Yeah, yeah, but I mean... Uh, no, no. Uh, seriously, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, this uh, RAWA, as it's called, right. is the uh, uh, anagram, um, has been around for a while. Um, obviously, this is the... the the big issue for Sheldon Adelson at Venetian that has poker players all up in arms because um, obviously he's a casino and one would think that he would benefit from this. Uh, he disagrees. Um, so uh, what we don't know, well, what I've always been able to say to folks is when they ask, oh, hey, Scott, uh, how's the presidential election going to affect online poker? And I'm like, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Because it's never going to be a big enough issue to warrant the president getting involved. I mean, the, all the stuff going on in the world, the president's not going to go, hey, we need online poker, folks. Yeah. Or, hey, we don't need online poker, folks. It, it's just, it does, it's not one of those issues that's going to get to that level, Albert. Um, so that's the bad news. The good news um, is maybe it is now. I don't know. Um, and then the bad news is if it is, then it's not good news. Yeah, you just lost me. Yeah. I, I don't know what you're talking about, but all I know is that anything that we think rationally happens in this country now is just out the window. So who knows? He could literally look at this and go, you know what? This is real important. You know? Who knows? Yeah. I have no idea how to take this. And I'm still never happy that we have to say attorneys general. 
<laughs> I love it. I love the fact that there's one word. It like just that. sounds stupid. I mean, are they generals? Are they not generals? Are they just general? Like well, generally speaking, yeah, they're attorneys. They're I know general. they're just general attorneys. It just it just sounds so silly to say attorneys general. And it's also weird to have the YS too. Now, now we've moved on to the grammar and language portion of today's <laughs> poker podcast. Hey, we got to fill an hour somehow. Tuning in. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I don't think this is a, a big deal yet, um, but it's a big enough deal that could be a big deal later. Yeah. Yeah, it's not fun. I mean, this is a, a whole new world of presidency coming up here. Um, so anything's possible. Um, so it's possible that we will have a president now talking about online gaming. Um and I honestly don't know what this president-elect uh, would say about it. <laughs> you know? I, I know. He could be in favor of it because he used to own casinos. Uh, he could be against it because uh, most of the people pushing this are Republican donors. So I, I, I don't know. Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But right now, I don't think this is a big development. Um, but it is the the interesting part was the, the Nevada Attorney General signing on to this and then the governor and the state going, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> we have a law here. It's not even in the shadows here. It's legal here. We've been operating it. Uh, the state's been banking money off of it. And, and now all of a sudden you're asking the president to, to get rid of it. So uh, that's always interesting to me. And you'll see that in the story, Jersey had some pretty decent coin for revenue for their state from it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's like, hello, you want to just get rid of that? For what? Because you got a chip on your shoulder? It doesn't make sense. Well, and the other thing too, part of the uh, the other criticism of the, this um, effort is that it could um, it, it would be hard for it not to affect online lottery ticket sales. Now, yeah, they want to do a carve out for that, though. I read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just depends on how how the sausage gets made here. But um, in a strict application of what they're pushing here, uh, you wouldn't be able to buy lottery tickets online, um, which. Uh, I don't think it's a terrible thing because lottery's a terrible bet. Yeah, <laughs> the worst bet, right? Uh, but uh, talking about the amount of money that Nevada or New Jersey might have made of online poker, think about how much money all the all the states make that allow online lottery ticket sales. Now we're talking money that's going to um, really affect some state budgets if it's not there anymore. Yeah, yeah, and uh, like you said too. I mean, it's only ten states, and of those ten states. Nevada's the only one that's like blue and gambling. You know what I mean? The rest of them were all the yeah. The rest of the Utah states that you would expect. To be yeah, in Nebraska. So, or at least I should say, states that you would not be surprised. Would be exactly. Right. Exactly. Hey, we got some anti updates. We have six awesome anti up poker cruises. Scott has wonderful, but I think they're awesome. You never like my words. Oh, you know that's I've got that, the best words. That's why I'm an editor. You got the best words. You got a big brain. <clears throat> on our schedule right now, including a 14-night transatlantic to Barcelona, a weekend warrior cruise, a summer cruise, and many more. Get all the details, including how you can win your way on board at com. Also, all passengers will get a commemorative coin souvenir uniquely designed for each sailing by thepokerdepot.com and a quick reference poker odds card from thegamblingschool.com. And I'll jump in real quick to let you know that we have um, our block of rooms will be for the March 20th cruise out of Tampa um, are available until January 2nd. And after that, we cannot guarantee the rate. So you're going to want to book before then because it's a spring cruise and pretty, pretty, pretty sure those rates are going to go up after January 2nd. So yeah, yeah. book early. Make great Christmas gifts or Hanukkah <laughs> gifts or Kwanzaa gifts. 
or just gifts in general. There we go. Gift to yourself. Foxwoods Resort Casino in Connecticut, Maryland Live in Maryland, Livermore Casino and Pachanga Resort and Casino in California, Inn of the Mountain Gods in New Mexico, Parks Casino in Pennsylvania, and Oxford Downs in Florida are the latest poker venues to join our Restock the Shelves Charity Food Bank Initiative with Blue Shark Optics on January 16th. For more information, inf- visit... Uh, how did I say that? For more information, visit com slash restock. Yeah, and I'll throw in here, too, as well, our local listeners. If you're listening locally... Right. It, I kind of feel like at some point we needed a little, uh, here's the weather in your area. Part. <laughs> uh, but, you know, our, our folks here in the Tampa Bay area, we got two great events here. Derby Lane's going to be doing an event. Haven't got the details yet, but they usually do it during the day, which would be great. So that way you can participate in both events. And then at night, uh, at 6 p.m., I can tell you right now, Tampa Bay Downs is doing an event, and uh, it's benefiting the charity that's nearest and dearest to my heart, the one I ate all those hot dogs for, yep. all five of them. Yep. Um, and so we're, we're actually doing some great raffles for that, and um, I already put together, I've got more than $1,000 in raffle prizes that will be raffled off that night for folks that want to come out. You don't have to play the tournament. You can just come out and buy raffle tickets if you want. Um, and then pretty soon we're going to be starting a um, uh, promotion uh, there and a TGT over in Tampa uh, where you get a raffle ticket for every food item you donate from now until then. And uh, the winner of that raffle will get an Annie Up Poker Cruise package. Um, and if you haven't heard, we've got six wonderful Annie Up Cruises on the schedule now. <laughs> They're wonderful. <laughs> now, when you say food, donating food, you can't open up like a bag of Cheetos and hand them one Cheeto for a ticket. You yeah, got, no. It's got to be a non-perishable item already sealed and contained and ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, look for me and the missus at the uh, Tampa Bay Downs event as well. Very nice, yeah. Uh, ho- hopefully, we'll all be at the, the Derby Lane. Norby Lane one, too. We'll yeah. But, yeah. Um, and we got a lot of our great ambassadors and listeners to the show are already committed to going to other events all across the country. I think we're up to 35, I counted yesterday. So nice, nice. Still time for folks to um, to get involved. And some of those are in Canada, too. So all of our uh, Canadian A listeners uh, have a chance to go participate in this as well, too. <laughs> Each week we spotlight a listener who emails us at podcast at com. And if they haven't won something from us in the past year, just like we do with Call the Floor and Hand of the Week, we send them something cool comes from Adam. He says, I was sitting in a tournament with a little more than 13 big blinds. Next hand was a new level, and it would have dropped me to just fewer than 10 big blinds. I got dealt pocket deuces. I folded, but my thoughts after the fold went something like this. I have two things working in my favor. One, the level changes next hand. People like to advance levels. Two, at that moment, my stack size was slightly larger, which gave me slightly more fold equity. Do you ever shove in that spot? I kept going, shoved uncontested a bunch of times to stay alive, and picked up some blinds and annies. And a couple of times my shove was a re-raise, and I got them to fold. I went out on the money bubble, but given that it had been over a year since I played in a tournament, I'll take it. What do you think? Do you fold? I, I don't know. I, I'm a big, uh, if I'm first in, and I've got even 13 big blinds, because I know you'll probably chime in here with the whole, the new game now is 20 big blind stuff. Um chime in well that's usually what you say so but i mean pocket deuces you know it's a pair it's a made hand it's yeah of course you're almost guaranteed that they're gonna have two overs but i don't know sometimes i like to shove in that spot if i'm the first one in and it's like middle position or something there's only a few left in the blinds maybe i do shove there yeah i i think the big uh, the x factor here that's missing in this is what position you're in here 
if you're under the gun, I'm probably going to fold this. Um, but if I'm uh, late position, even middle position, depending on how the table's gone, uh, I'm definitely going to shove here with this. Uh, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, I'm not going to chime in with 20 big blinds, but I will sing like a canary about 15 big blinds. That's the new threshold now. All right, 15. So we were below that. Not only are we below that, but as he said in the next hand, we're going to go below 10. At that point, it's just desperation. So um, so the fact that the next level, that probably tips the, fav- uh, the scales in the favor of me shoving with at any position here probably with this because it is – you know, a made hand. Uh, but right, anybody that calls you is going to have two overs to you. Well, one over at least. <laughs> um, so you need to worry about that. But I mean, I think we got to be more worried by the fact that we're going to have fewer than 10 big blinds next time and we have a playable hand here. And, and I think we have to be shoving. And I know a lot of our listeners, and they're the ones that pushed me into this 15 big blinds and might push me into the 20 eventually. I agree that uh, we probably missed some opportunities um, before we got down to uh, 13 big blinds where we should have been shoving. So. My other point of contention, and not contention, but his, uh, when he said I have two things working in my favor, he said the levels next change next hand. People like to advance levels. Well, I never heard of that. What <clears throat> I know when I'm playing a poker tournament, I never think about that. And I don't say, oh, goody, I got the 300, 600. I never think of that. What does that mean? People like to advance levels. Uh, I think there probably are some. I, I agree. I, I'm probably not in that camp either. But I think there are people. I mean, it, it's an accomplishment thing in general. You know, uh, I don't know if your wife annoys you by playing Candy Crush. My mind mm-hmm. certainly does. So mm-hmm. it's just getting to that next level is like a big deal. I, I mean, going back to our childhood, we you know played video games where we had to actually put round metal things in a slot and push buttons and use joysticks. Remember? Those? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was always. I mean, after a while, you totally crushed Miss Pac-Man. So it didn't matter. You know, you weren't worrying about your score. You were just trying to worry about, can I get past the second junior stage, right? Yeah. So I, I think there is intrinsically some some people that see it as an accomplishment to be able to get to that next level. Now, you're right. I don't think, uh, you know, when you're trading bad beat stories uh, in the bar later on, you'll go, hey, man, totally hung on to level 14. Wow, that's awesome. You know, that doesn't happen. So uh, I do think he might be overselling this as a reason to not to yeah that, that I've never thought of that I I just have to admit I have never ever once in my life thought well at least I made it to level twelve or I made it to one thousand two thousand with a hundred ante or whatever the hell it is yeah I think really maybe it's days you know I, hey I I bagged and tagged that that's an accomplishment for folks regardless of whatever happens right yeah or I made it to the dinner break uh, you know probably the bigger milestones not the oh boy if I hang out for another minute I'm now I'm at level fifteen and I can walk walk out of this room with my head held high. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the World Series, I made it to the dinner break, and I guess I, you know, I, I, that's what I tell people. But I give them to as a point of reference, not that I was proud of it. You know what I mean? Like, I, right? I, well, yeah. How long did you last? Uh, I made it to dinner. That was it. And then I got back and <laughs> went all in when they found my chips and the guy in the sky. And but yeah, wow. Well, but yeah, I, I think I would have shoved the deuces there. Yeah, I think you almost have to. Yeah. Think about it. Depending on. <clears throat> regardless of where you are. Now, now I should say, you know, if, it, if it's a call-happy table or there's a bunch of bigger stacks there where you know you're going to get called, then I don't know because then it's – if you get more than – every caller you get in addition with pocket deuces are oh, more yeah. cards that can beat you. Oh, okay? yeah. Yeah, of course. So it's not like, you know, you got a suited connector and you actually kind of hope you get a bunch of people in there because now you can really – Jack up your stack here. I mean, once you get all those callers in, you got to fa- either fade a bunch of cards or 
hit a two out. Hit a deuce, yeah. So that's difficult, but. Hey, find yourself in a situation at your favorite poker room or home game and you're not sure what the proper ruling should have been? Email us at podcast at anteatmagazine.com. We'll have Hollywood Casino Toledo Director of Poker, Elliot Schechter, tell you how he would have ruled. Comes from Greg. Says the undergun player goes all in for 13 grand. Two players fold and the next player squeezes his cards, sees 10-10, and goes all in. The remaining players fold and then the 10-10 player realizes he has three cards. I'm called over and rule that only his hand is dead and that the entire hand is not a misdeal because substantial action had occurred, an all-in and two folds, before the player acted on his hand. Unfortunately, everyone's cards who acted after him had already hit the muck. Was this the right decision? Should the player be required to leave the 13,000 call even though his hand is dead? Elliot says, you made the right decision! The entire field acted on this betting round. No misdeal was the correct call. The chips had to stay in the pot. The player in question caused the remaining players to act by virtue of his all-in re-raise. Whether intentional or not, he acted upon an ineligible hand. Because of this, all chips equal to the amount of the call must be left in the pot. Wow. I'd love to be the under the gun player. They're getting a free free money and a free pass for nothing. Yeah. Well, you know? Got to check your hand. Got to make sure you only have two. Man. Or you have two cards and no more than two. <laughs> Three cards. I thought you know, we were, it's never happened to me. Has he, I, I was going to say, I was just going to say, that's never happened to me except when we were playing Tahoe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, when you're playing a game that I mean, requires I'm playing, it. I'm, I'm sure maybe in a home game it might happen, but I, I honestly can't remember even in a home game getting dealt three cards or yeah. getting dealt one card. Other than, in fact, when you're on the button and the dealer just quits, forgets. You know, yeah. But and then you correct it right away. But no, I can't. I honestly can't remember this. But but I we get emails like this fairly often now. Hey, somebody's got a third card. What do you do? Like, I don't understand how this happens. A lot of those free leagues, you know, sometimes the cards stick together. Yeah, the cards or, you just know, get old. And real dealers, in. yeah. Yeah, uh, or people aren't paying as close attention there as they are everywhere else. So I, I guess I, I know why it happens. I, it's just it's odd that it happens more than I think it should. Yeah. But yeah, if you guys want three cards, whenever I'm all in, by all means, give them a third card. Give me those free chips. <laughs> hey, we get to complete O'Malley's move today. We're going to refresh our memories here with part one. Hello, and welcome to another O'Malley's move. I'm Malcolm O'Malley. This week we are seated in a $1, $3, No Limit Hold'em casino cash game. The action has been unusually timid, so we've opened up a bit and have started playing a little more loose. As a result of this, we may have gotten an image of a bit of a maniac to the rest of the table. We bought in for 300 and sit with 4. The table is 9-handed. The blinds post. It's folded to an MP who limps. It's folded around to the button who also limps. The small blind completes and we are in the big blind with the 9 of spades, 7 of spades. Okay, decent hand, let's see a flop. There's $12 in the pot and the flop is the queen of hearts, 7 of hearts, Seven of clubs. That's about as good as we could have hoped for. With $12 in the pot and three other players in the hand, we want to thin the field. We make a $10 bet into the pot. The MP folds, but the button thinks for a bit before carefully counting out a call. The button is a seemingly solid player who plays the situation more than the opponent. He started the hand with about 300 and has played very few hands. The one hand we saw him table? Pocket aces on a board where he turned a full house the small blind folds. With about $30 in the pot, the turn is the 8 of spades. I'm not sure this really changes much. 
I really don't like being out of position here. We check. The button bets pot, $30. Okay, so we've invested $13 into this pot, which isn't a lot, but can we really fold this here? I don't think so. I'm thinking we're maybe beat by two hands, ace, seven, and eight, eight. This could be some kind of rogue queen, but we're going to do a mini check raise here. We make it $60 to go. Our opponent sighs and gives us a, really? He thinks for a while before calling. The river is the deuce of clubs. So, we're first to act. There's 150 in the pot. We sit with about 325 to our opponent's 225. What's the move? All right, color me confused. <laughs> and I'm always curious whether somebody's going to walk away with a paintbrush and actually... Well, I was thinking crayons, but... Paint yeah. confused, I'm here. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, uh, we flop trips, and the Turner River are both relative blanks, yet we play this relatively conservatively. And now we seem worried? Uh, it seems to me that we are spooked by those monsters under the bed, uh, since this player tabled pocket aces not too long ago. I like our hand, uh, even though I don't like the way we played it, uh, so I'm going to bet about half the pot. I'm really not sure why we went for a check raise. Um, but then when we did, it was a min check raise. Yeah. I, I don't know what... What's the point of the check raise if you're not going to try to get more money in? It just seemed like a weird min raise. It almost kind of like, you know, ha ha. Um, I, I, I mean, you're almost tell, you know, you're almost just showing your hand. Yeah, this is what we would call in our home game the dog and pony show. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm with you on the why not? Why not bet about half pot here? You know, and just, and, I mean, the other thing too is on it. I just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what we're trying to. Why are we all of a sudden conservative? You know, yeah. we were playing looser and all of a sudden we're So, I'm not sure what's going to happen here. Let's hear part two. Hello again. What's going on here? It's hard to believe all four sevens are out. Is it possible we're outkicked? Could he have something like king-queen? He probably raises preflop with ace-queen. Was the really genuine or a way to induce a bluff on the river? Ultimately, I think our hand is too strong, and I don't want to give up control of the pot and let him bet us off our holding with an inferior hand. We're going to bet half the pot. I don't want to open the door up for a bluff by checking, and I definitely don't want to overbet and be committed. We make the $75 bet, and after quite a bit of thought, our opponent calls. We table our trips, our opponent sighs, and flashes us a suited 7-6. Phew. Until next time, I'm Malcolm O'Malley saying even when you flop good, it can still be scary to play out of position poker. I hope to see you on the felt. Ah, uh, yeah, I know we were out of position, uh, but I think our good friend O'Malley let himself get unnecessarily spooked here. Um, yeah, yeah, I think you were right before the before we finished this off. It's a timid table, and we were playing loose. Yeah. So all of a sudden... You know, that that should be the way to attack this table. And then all of a sudden, on one hand, we go, whoa, whoa, hold on. Getting a little crazy here. I mean... Down the eggnog, and I'm going to tighten up here. And it, it seemed like an odd hand to do it with. It seems like, too, the call of our min check raise would not make me nervous. It would say, he's probably got a queen, and he doesn't believe it, or a flush draw. So when the turn comes... You know, and and we check raise. It's like, all right, the river when it's a, when it's a blank. You know, I'm thinking we have nothing to be worried about here. 
There's no way the guy's playing seven deuce unless you had that seven deuce as part of the game where everybody has to pay you five bucks if you showed at the end. So you're not really worried about seven deuce. You're not worried about queen seven. So the only hand you're really worried about is seven eight. And he just calls. If you check raised and he's got seven eight, he's going to hope you have like a seven and he's going to want you to get it all in there on the turn. And he doesn't. He just calls. I'm not nervous about anything there. I would have bet more on that check raise too. I mean, that's just. The only thing I guess we're, we're lucky he didn't pair his kicker. That's that's the thing, but and that we're we're fortunate that all small cards came so that our nine played. But I just don't get it. I don't get the timidness after we said specifically we were playing loose at a timid table. I mean, it turns out that he had a seven, so I mean there was some worry as you mentioned. But uh, I mean, obviously his hand was stronger than I I was giving him credit for. But um, but again, I'm I'm not gonna let myself get spooked in this hand. I mean, yeah, no. there are other hands that I, I'm going to let myself get spooked, and uh, this one just didn't seem like the one to, to do it. Yeah, I agree. This is Noah Brunson, and you're listening to Annie Up. All right, it's time for Hand of the Week. Send your hands or situations to podcast at antiupmagazine.com. This week, uh, our old friend Dave Bloomberg's back, our big Survivor fan. Don't tell me I have not watched the finale yet. You really haven't? I have not. Oh, I'm man. I was with the wife last night on date night, so... Oh, man. Uh, and I met, I got up early this morning, I was going to do it, and then, uh, you know, you know, I'm a slave to this job. I like to give back to Annie up, so <laughs> I was doing emails and things like that, and now I'm in the middle of the work day, so I'm just going to finish the work day, and then that's going to be my uh, cigar surprise tonight. So don't tell me anything. Other than the fact that it's been one of the best seasons ever, yeah, I won't tell you anything. <laughs> I won't. I won't tell you anything. I really want to tell you though. Just yes, I but know. I'm not going to. Uh, trust me, my uh, Survivor Fantasy League is all ready for me to chat to. Although one other girl is like three episodes behind, so oh, people aren't going to be upset at me. They're going to be uh, upset at other. Folks. Man, that's unacceptable. Yeah, but all right. Anyhow, back to this poker show thing that we're doing. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, all right, Dave says, uh, I was at Jason Somerville's Run It Up Reno event. Brag. Hey, we covered uh, that. We put that in the magazine. We did. Uh, and playing a one-dollar, $2, $1, $2 cash game in the morning uh, with about half Run It Up attendees and half locals. So a little mix of uh, talent there, probably. Mm-hmm. And I'm under the gun with King of Spades, Queen of Clubs. Fold. <laughs> It's, it's, it's a trap. You know, I always laugh because you always say that, but I think we're actually, uh, you're serious now. And yes, I'm, I'm serious. I'm laughing in, in solidarity with you. Yes, it's it's a trap hand. You're under the gun. So you don't have that strong of a hand. King, queen, man. It's They call it the marriage because you're miserable. It's a cash game. I mean, you know, a tournament's a little different. Sometimes you got to make moves like that. But, uh, but yeah, it, this is a no-brainer to me. And so the great thing about us saying that right now is that we are absolved of any bad advice. <laughs> right. So I should say fold on every hand. <laughs> then they can't bitch at me via the interwebs. Uh, seriously, if you know the table very well, you've been there a long time or whatever, and you've got a good grasp on how they play, and you're – we say this all the time like a broken record, but – if you have the discipline to get away from this hand, then maybe you consider playing it. But I would always play it for a raise, and I would always play it for, you know, to be aggressive with it if I'm going to play it. And also, if you get any kind of any kind of resistance, you got to know that you have a trouble hand here. This is a trap hand. 
and anyone who's calling, willing to call your raise could very well have ace-king or ace-queen, and you happen to flop one of those, you're screwed. So just remember that this is the type of hand that if you want to get involved with, you better have discipline or you better really know your players. I absolutely agree. Now, we did have another one, another hand, uh, hand of the week submission recently where I was emailing folks about king-queen, and I'm like, I really am surprised that you were so bold with that. And that person actually gave me a good explanation for it that I cannot remember now, but I'm sure it'll come up when that man makes it on this show. <laughs> so maybe there's this whole wave of king-queen players out there that are flipping the script. I don't know. But uh, I'm comfortable not having that script. I've lost way too much money with hands like ace-jack, king-queen, ace-queen to flip any script for me to say, <laughs> you know, this is a quality hand under the gun. It's just not. Maybe you can limit hold them. Maybe you, you know... You're saving bets and extracting bets and all that, and you cannot lose your whole stack. But in no limit hold, man, this is the type of hand that just costs you everything for no reason. I agree. All right, our says, I know, I know, you're currently yelling at me to fold. <laughs> but if I did that, it would be a really short hand of the week, wouldn't it? <laughs> okay. Uh, I decide to limp. Oh, man. Yeah, so uh, whole, whole things, uh, cats are chasing dogs and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Uh, it says the local on my right limps, otherwise it folds to the big blind who checks. So maybe our our raise, if we were forced to raise, would have actually won us three bucks here. Yeah, you might have gotten the blinds and moved on. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and say not only would have won, made us three bucks, it probably saved us whatever money we're going to lose on this hand. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, he says, uh, I don't know much about the local player, but the big blind is an experienced run-it-up player. Uh, I've been in two big hands with him and won both. First, he doubled me with my queen-queen versus 10-10 on a nine-high flop, and I won with king-king versus ace-queen on a queen-high board where only four spades saved him from continuing uh, when the spades scared him into folding. Uh, and I never showed what I had. I also know from other comments that he didn't bring much money from his hotel room and doesn't want to go back. He was on the list for the 2-5 game, but when the floor called him, he declined for that reason. All right, huh. so he's a good player, but playing a little scared because he's short on fundage. Right. Uh, flop is queen of spades, eight of hearts, tray of hearts, and the big blind checks to us. Well, I mean... We don't know anything about their cards. We don't know because we didn't put any kind of money in to make them say it's worth it or not. But then again, that really doesn't matter on a 1-2 game. They could play anything still. But uh, this is a pretty decent flop for us. Uh, and since we didn't raise, it's easier to, to, to say they don't have something like ace-queen. Um, and since we weren't re-raised, you can say it again. So we could be good here. Uh, but it's a limp pot. So there's, what, six bucks in the middle? You know? Um what do you bet? Five? I mean, what, what are you going to do here? Yeah, so I think just because of that, I think you have to bet five, or even maybe it's six, just bet the pot. Yeah, bet though. the pot. Uh, but we absolutely have to bet here because we, uh, you know, we do have to know how strong our hand is here, and we, we have to get some kind of read on folks here. And that's provided the big blind check, so you haven't really said that yet. Oh, he did. Sorry, he did, he okay. Yeah, it's honest. So there are two hearts, and there is a possible straight draw if somebody has 9-10 or jack-10 or something, so... We have to bet to even protect it now, and not even just to find out where we are and everything, but to protect it in case it's good, and we don't want those with a limper and the free big blinder to get somewhere for nothing. So right. let's bet five or six. All right. Uh, we bet six. Okay. 
the local who limp folds and the big blind calls. All right, so we're heads up, and the turn is the seven of clubs. So our board now is queen of spades, eight of hearts, tray of hearts, seven of clubs. The big blind checks again, <clears throat> and seems like a relative blank, right? Yeah, this is the stuff that makes you worried because the big blind didn't, you know, enter this pot of his own accord. So he could have any two cards, and he could be just walking the dog here with an eight tray or something, or even a queen eight. You know, he could say, I'm going to check and see what this guy does and just let him keep betting. Um, I don't know. I mean, it could be a check call. That could be a draw. Like we said, there are hearts and possible straights out there. So it, it's a relative blank, like you said. So I feel like we need to make a bet, but I don't want to make a big bet here. I want to make it just enough that it makes them, them to make a wrong move, but at the same time, I'm not wasting money, and then this guy check raises me or something, then you know I won't feel so bad folding if I have to. Um, So we bet six. They called six. It's 12, so it's 18 in the pot. I don't know, like 15? Something like that? Yeah, I like it. <clears throat> no, we've only risked really, what, th- two, 20, what, 21, $23 on this pot so far. And if we need to get away from it, it's not that expensive. All right. Uh, we bet 15. Yeah, that's what I said. Wow, we're doing well, other than the fact that we're in this hand that we would not be in. <laughs> this, yeah, this is, this is not good, though. Uh, and the big blind calls. Uh and he said, our hero says, I feel like he's either leading me on with two pair or he has a flush draw. If he has a flush draw, he's we're not giving him the proper odds, right? So right. that's a that's a good thing. Um and since he's a decent player, I'm gonna go ahead and guess that's not the case. Um So yeah, I guess I'm probably a little worried here. So the river now, when the river comes, I guarantee the big blind bets out. Guaranteed and Seems puts us to a point. Exactly like that's going to There's almost 50 in the pot. They take the rake out, so you're probably looking at about 45 in the pot. Guaranteed, he bets something like 50 or shoves or something. I'm going to have to hear this hand. That's probably what's going to happen. <laughs> Bloomberg doesn't send the hand to everybody, so I don't know what the hand is. I'm just guessing. Guaranteed, this guy bets out and puts us to a test. It is pretty funny that uh, it's like the watching the horror movie, right? Where you you know what's going to happen, yeah, and you feel bad for the poor uh, person that walks into the room. You're screaming at the screen, "Don't go in there!" This did seem like this whole hand is playing out exactly like I thought it would. Fold king queen under the gun. <laughs> All right, let's see if you're right. Uh, the river is the ten of diamonds, so our final board is queen of spades, eight of hearts, tray of hearts, seven of clubs, ten of diamonds, and the big blonde, wait for it, wait for it, <laughs> leads out for 30 bucks. 30 bucks, I knew it. So, okay, so it's not the flush draw, but the straight draw got there. It's just would that person really have gone all that way with jack nine? You know, I don't see that happening. Um yeah, I, I don't see that happening, though. Um, it feels like the guy hit, flopped a nice little hand, said, I'll let you bet two streets for me, and then I'll wake up at the end and bet. Um, $30, so I have to bet, I have to call 30 to win about 75 with one pair and a horrible kicker. Not a horrible kicker, but second kicker. Um, oh, jeez. You know, I hate that I always let the fact that it's hand of the week influence my decision here. <laughs> Right, because, you know, you say he's got to lose, you know, because it's hand of the week. What do you do? 
But I have to admit, if I had like three hundred in front of me and I got you know thirty bucks to win seventy five, yeah, okay, so two and a half to one on my money with top pair. But why did he all of a sudden bet here? If I wanted to make a, if this is, if this was, uh, if this was like limit hold'em, I might actually fold because of saving a bet. But if it was just a six dollar bet, then it's like, well, it's only six bucks too, you know. And I really don't know. I. I think I'm going to fold because it's hand of the week, but I really think if I had enough money in front of me, just for information, I might call for that $30 bet. It's a reasonable bet, but it's also a bet that's like, hey, please call me. Um, I'm going to tell you why 100% you have to make this call. Okay, good. Good. Make me feel better because I want to call. I just don't want to feel bad about it. Right, 100% reason you have to call here. One, you could be ahead and you're going to win the pot. Uh-huh. Two, if you lose... That's what you get for playing this. <laughs> so you deserve to lose thirty bucks. So you, you have to at this point. You have to like just jump off and go. All right, I, I know, I know. I was sleepy this morning. I forgot to pack the parachute, but the plane's going down. So I'm gonna have to jump and hope I land on a trampoline. Right? <laughs> and if I water. don't, then I'm gonna. Rem- it's gonna be a reminder next time. Oh my gosh, got my phone. I got my keys. Got my wallet. Oh yeah, I need the parachute. <laughs> So the next time you have King Queen, you're going to go, oh, I got my phone, I got my keys, I got my wallet. Oh, yeah, why am I playing King Queen? Thank you. So that's why you have to make this call. Right, so and we have, the we have size to. is you might actually still win. So. so we might win, and if we don't, we're learning a valuable lesson. And if we do, we yeah. got away with one, and it's close call day, as they say on Friends. And, <laughs> and hopefully we learn a lesson either way. Right. Either way, we've learned our lesson, and we're just hoping that it doesn't cost us an extra 30 to learn it. Right. Yeah, all right, let's call. All right, here we ask. It says, I ask if he has queen eight, which was a hand he won with against someone else earlier. He doesn't answer that question, but does say, quote, there are a lot of draws out there that missed. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> a little misdirection, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, so here says, uh, what a weird thing to say. He's experienced enough that there's no way he says that he actually missed a draw, unless I wants to, unless that's what he wants me to think. <laughs> and he really has nothing. No, that's going too far. And considering his money situation, I don't think he'd risk it on a total bluff. I feel like he has at least two pair, so I fold. He shows 10-10. Wow. Well, that's bizarre. Hero <laughs> says he was call- just calling uh, along the whole time out of position, and Binktus said on the turn, maybe he thought I was just trying to push him around after the previous two hands I won, but he got a little bit of his money back. Wow, he folded too. There's that discipline I talked about. Yeah. So we really only lost what two eight twenty three dollars on this hand. Wow. Uh, well, we had to put an asterisk there because we don't know how much we actually lost because it all depends on whether David learned not to play King Queen. <laughs> the lesson could continue in another date. Wow. So, really, the guy has 10-10, sees two limpers and limps with them, and then sees that board and says, yeah, my, my 10s are probably still good. Then sees the turn and says, yeah, my 10s are probably still good. Then gets the two-outer and now bets 30. Oh man, yeah, I, I thought for sure it was two pair. I thought he was, you know, un, you know, big blind special got eight tray or queen eight or queen tray or something, and just happened to hit it and said, "I'm going to punish David for playing king queen and let him walk the dog the whole way." Yeah, a couple things I think 
could have happened here. One, uh, it sounds like he's a two-five player. So a lot of times when I see two-five players in the one game, one-two game, one-three game, they play more reckless. Uh, same in limit. If you're a ten-twenty limit player and the only game going on is three-six limit, you're not gonna, you're not playing optimally there, even though you should. Right. 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 So that could be a case where, hey, I'm just splashing around here and see what happens. Uh, the other thing I think is that he could have got a pretty good profile on uh, the two opponents because he was last to act here because he's big blind, right? Right. And decided, hey, these are players that I can outplay during this hand. Um, so I don't need to raise right now. I'm going to make more money off of them by checking and then outplaying them with the hand. So I'm not so sure that he thought he even had to improve with these tens. I mean, obviously he did. Uh, to win this hand, I just wonder what hand he thought we had that we kept. I mean, we only we didn't bet a lot, but I mean, we bet out on that flop. Yeah, so. I'm gonna say. I mean, we limped too. So I mean, it's really odd. It's really tough to put us on anything. I think. Yeah. That, right. Yeah. Now we're betting. I mean, usually when you have a limp and then you're leading the action the rest of the way, it's that aces or kings that you didn't want to raise hoping that somebody was going to bet so you could spring to action exactly far. and that didn't happen if that's the case then I don't think he would have continued on with his tens um, so he must have just thought that we had oh, gosh I don't know I mean, he didn't <laughs> I think we were know. bluffing because he thought we were bluffing he doesn't bet the river because he thinks the only way you're going to win is if he, th- he truly believes we're just bluffing our way he knows we're going to have to bet again on the end so why not check and let him bet Get one more bet out of him because if you bet forty eight on a bluff, he's gonna fold. So or thirty, whatever. So in a forty eight pot. So, huh? That's a really weird hand for a two five player the way you played it. I know you're talking about reckless, but it just doesn't seem like there's any experience in that playing. You know, it seems like the person yeah. really just didn't believe anybody and wanted to try to get as much money as possible out of this guy. And well, he got lucky with two outer. Eh, what a weird hand. <laughs> well, I expect nothing less from David Bloomberg. So, <laughs> I should just—I should just ruin the whole survivor for you right now. No, don't do it. No. Don't do it. I won't. I'm Chris Casenza. Yeah, I'm Scott Locke. We'll see you at the tables. Anti Up is a production of AntiUpMagazine.com. Contact the show at podcast at AntiUpMagazine.com or call our hotline at two zero six three three eight six three four four. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to advertising at antiupmagazine.com or call 727-331-4335. Some music used in this episode comes courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network. Music.